When you discovered the law of attraction, you started to believe anything was possible. Life got better, much better. Now you want more, but it's not working. That's where the Manifest It Now show comes in. If you've been waiting for someone who can teach you the practical application to manifest quicker and easier while having more, turn the volume up because the dynamic duo, Cassie Parks and Ginny Gain, are ready to teach you how to live the law of attraction like they do. It's time to laugh and learn. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Manifest It Now. I am here with two special people today. First, introducing uh, Cassie Parks, your LOA business coach. And I'm here with Jenny Gain, your LOA coach. And we have a special guest, Melissa Casera, with us today, who is a business strategist and also a screenwriter. Uh, we're going to talk to Melissa today. She just had her first movie that she sold uh, the screen. She may have to correct the words I use, but she <laughs> sold the story she wrote to Lifetime, and it's called Girl Followed. It is. Um, it just came out last week, and so I've been um, following Melissa. She's a business strategist. Um, the way I described it is like she teaches you how to just make things more fun, like how to get people more obsessed with your work, and um, just you know, bring out that fun in your, your writing of business. And, uh, so I've been following her for a while. I love getting her emails and I really love, uh, that she's, this dream has become realized. So we're excited to talk about her today and, um, how deliberate creation played into that. Welcome, Alyssa. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. We are super excited. So let's start with Jenny. What are you excited about? Okay, well, if you guys follow me on Facebook or we're friends, you know that I just have a new microphone that I'm playing with, and I'm really excited. Um, one of my favorite parts. <laughs> I know. Uh, you can uh, yeah. laugh, Cassie. I don't think you guys know how excited. <laughs> when Cassie and I first connected, I was like, look, at, I can hold it in my hand and pretend I'm like a movie star. I'm not a movie star, a singer. <laughs> and then she's like, yeah, you need to put it down. I'm getting too much noise on your end. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Cass? What are you excited about? Um, I'm excited uh, hearing from one of our listeners who, um, you know, she she sent me this email that says, I started listening to two of your podcasts and I'm taking um, your 10K course. Um, and I think you've changed my life for the better in two to three weeks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, she had $800 extra at the end of her month last month. And so I'm just super excited that this is what I get to do every day. No kidding. I love it. <laughs> Uh, what do you have for our list? Oh, Melissa, what are you excited about? (laughs) (laughs) I am totally obsessed with 13 reasons why on Netflix. I don't know if you guys have watched it yet, but oh my God, I am like binge watching it and like crying and then like trying to get my work done and like watching more. Seriously? Um, I haven't heard of this. So good. It's based on a book and I actually like it better than the book because they can go deeper. It's essentially about this um, teenage girl who commits suicide and she leaves behind these 13 tapes that detail the 13 reasons that led to her suicide. So it's obviously very dramatic and like somewhat difficult to watch, but at the same time, it's just so good. And it brings up a lot of emotions from our high school years. Like even if you didn't have that mm. traumatic of a high school experience, it still bring, like brings up a lot of things. Um, so it's just really, really amazing and so well done. And um, so I am currently obsessing over that show and trying <laughs> to get everyone to watch it because I want to talk about it. 
ask, how I, much does that relate to what we talked about last week? Like That's all, what I was just thinking. Yeah, so last week we talked about on the show how TVs and films and movies like can bring out and allow you to feel all these emotions that doesn't we don't need to attach to. That's so awesome. <laughs> well, there you go. A perfect sequel. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> last week. I know we couldn't have asked you to share anything more. <laughs> That's great. Very cool. So Cass, tell all our listeners what you have available for them if they haven't heard of it already. Uh, the hottest money manifesting party anywhere. Uh, and you can join by going to manifest10k.com and just registering. And that's your personal invitation to the party and to welcome more money into your life. So just if like you could, people are creating 800 bucks out of nowhere, 800 bucks out of nowhere. There's so many favorite stories. Like, I don't know where this money came from, but it just showed up. Oh, that's my favorite. I love hearing that from my <laughs> clients, like ex- attracting all this extra abundance. <laughs> so fun speaking of what do you have for our listeners on your site if you guys visit loaskillstraining.com you can access a four-part video training series so learning how to become more deliberate and apply everything that Cassie and I are talking about into your life yay all right so I'm excited to jump in with Melissa but first I definitely just I want to toast this yay cheers to Melissa and having her first movie out there. Congratulations. Yay. Thank you. I love the champagne toast. (laughs) That's exciting. The virtual champagne toast. Yes. Any reason to celebrate and toast, I'm all in for. (laughs) Cassie, how many bottles of champagne do you have in your proximity? (laughs) Uh, At least four. There's two in the fridge and there's two like backups. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. Um, Cool. So should we just start with how does it feel to have accomplished a dream that has been a dream for a while? Pretty awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it's weird because not weird in a bad way, but it, it is a little weird because these things take a really long time. Um, not just to like get the opportunity, but from when you first have the opportunity until it gets on screen. So I, I mean, I've been working on this project for over a year now. So, I mean, it's, it's like a little strange to actually see it come to life when, you know, it's been a long journey and then a long journey, obviously leading to even getting the opportunity. So it's really cool. The, the most exciting part for me was actually seeing my name on screen. <laughs> so I took Very my, cool. Yeah. And everyone took like screen caps of it because they <laughs> all watched it before I did um, because it, the, it debuted on Sunday and I wasn't even here. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't even watching. Um, but luckily I had so many wonderful friends and family and colleagues that were watching and so they all all these screen caps and they were texting and emailing them to me so that was fun and um that was probably the most exciting part for me I was like ah my name on screen yay Yay. that's so interesting that you say so when you said like it was a long journey and a long time to get there I'm thinking like years and and then you're like a year I'm like oh so short. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I guess it's just, it was a year working on the project. Um, like actually like getting, 
you know, having the, the project start, I guess. So that's when like we started the whole process. Yeah. So in, in relative terms, um, it's actually not that long compared to other projects. Lots of things take about seven years to get on the screen <laughs> for when you first work with them. But again, this is a TV movie and it's a much lower budget. And so things move a bit quicker. So, you know, it's all relative. Um, but it certainly took me from, you know, when I started even pursuing screenwriting, I mean, it's been about three years. So it's taken me a little while. Again, everyone's journey is different. So some people it's like 10 years and 15 years and it's all over yeah. the map. Yeah. Um, but it definitely feels like a labor of love when you work on something for a full year, really hard, and then it yeah. it's realized. And so that's pretty exciting. Yeah, that's so great. That is so great. Um, so tell us, so when... When did you have this dream? I know like, that was what I wanted start? to ask too. Yeah. <laughs> like, did you? Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so what's funny is it wasn't even really a dream. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. I was going to say, like, yeah, did you I would, know? No, I didn't. It, it's really, it's a really sort of a, 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 a weird story, I guess. Um, what happened was I, I've been a writer for, you know, a really long time, but only on, on the opposite side. So on the nonfiction side. So I've been a publicist and a journalist and a copywriter and things like that. So, so certainly writing was a part of my wheelhouse, but I never imagined or envisioned that I would write any type of fiction. And, um, one of my tricks for being a good writer on you know, on the other side, copywriting, et cetera, was I would always read romance novels. And because they, they have this way with words and everything is really descriptive and visual and exciting. And so I would always sort of use that as my cheat, like read lots of romance novels. And then you kind of get that, that language and storytelling in your head. And so through all those years of being obsessed with romance and erotic fiction novels, I had come up with this idea um, and I just was writing it for fun. And I, I actually never even thought I would self-publish it or anything. I just used to write chapters and send them to my friends and colleagues. <laughs> and we would just like laugh. Awesome. Everybody was all obsessed. And it was fun. Um, and then I was in, this was about three years ago, maybe a little longer. I was in a bookstore when I was visiting LA, I was in Santa Monica and, um, I found this book that said, <laughs> I think it was called the, it was called the coffee break screenwriter which was all like the, the whole purpose of the book was take 10 minutes a day to work on your script. And then you would have this like finished script. Um, and so I thought, Hmm, you know, that idea that I'm sort of writing, not really, but even, <laughs> but like kind of playing around with writing would actually make a really cool story for TV. I always imagined it visually. Um, so I'm like, Oh, well, let me just give it a shot. So, <laughs> so I bought this book and I, literally wrote a, a 60 page TV pilot, which is a one hour drama. Um, and then when I was done, I'm like, okay, I don't know if this is any good. This is probably pretty terrible. Um, so I just called up the writer of that book and it turns out she's a consultant here in Los Angeles. And I asked her if I could hire her to take a read of the script and just let me know, just kind of take the temperature of it and see if it's any good. Um, and that's what I did. And then our, on our conversation, the first thing she asked me was, you know, how long have you been a screenwriter? And I said, oh, I'm not a screenwriter. I, I'm like, this is, I just bought your book. And I, I was playing around. And she 
was shocked and she said that this is this pilot was the work of someone who's been working in this industry a long time and she was just like I can't believe that you're not a working writer wow. and so that gave me a little bit of a I, I, you know I was like huh maybe I can do this I mean maybe there's some talent here or some drive that you know I could I could push forward um, and so really it was like that first conversation that I guess gave me a bit of the confidence and um, just a mark to say, okay, this this is something I could do. And I quite enjoyed the process. It was really, really fun for me to write. And so, um, so yeah, and so that's kind of how it all started. So it, it wasn't like this big dream that I had necessarily. It was sort of accidental, um, but ultimately it had tapped into something that I think was probably always there. And I just n- never had like the confidence or even just, just never even thought about it. Right. Like I knew I liked to write, but never thought it was something I could do. Um, and that's, that was the beginning of the, of everything. Oh my God, Melissa, this is like the best, most ideal LOA savvy story of how something (laughs) comes into manifest into a manifestation, like just not really thinking about it, not really trying. And then it's like, Oh, this seems fun there's my inspiration and this magic comes out of that place that feels good and is so fun. I hope our listeners pick that up because that's such a huge part of like creating and moving forward on our path. When you say Cass, definitely like there is no, um, there is no struggle in that story. It was all like, this would be fun. And I'm going to call and check this out. Like, let me just see like, and really like no attachment to, whether or not she was going to like that script or not, right? Yeah, such a perfect vibe. So fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that's how, it's such a good example because so much of our, the things we're working towards can feel like that, but it's just, we're so practiced and so trained in the work hard vibration that that's where we spend a lot of our time. But when we just let go and we do things that are fun, it can lead to, to other stuff. Definitely. Yeah. (laughs) So then, so what was next? Like, so, um, then, you know, take us through the next steps. Like, and were they like inspired? Were you like all of a sudden, like, cause I know you moved to LA, right? Yes. Yes. So, so I would say the next steps were more, definitely getting more strategic. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so after I had, um, my consultant read that initial draft of the script. I mean, let's be honest. She did give me a great <laughs> review, but at, the be same time, but at the same time, it was six, 60 pages and she chopped it down to 15. <laughs> so wow. Like you need to fix the so, so, it, so it definitely wasn't like this slam dunk that it's like, you know, but again, like that's actually, I've learned now that that's super common. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Scripts are a work. I mean, they take a lot of work. It's not like you write this first draft and like poof. I mean, there's lots and lots and lots of rewriting that happens. So, um, but again, it didn't, it didn't deter me. I mean, I still was very like when she did that, um, she obviously gave me like the good news first and then was like, Hey, this still needs a lot of work. And then that's when we went through and I kind of laughed at the end. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, I have like 15 workable <laughs> totally. pages. Um, but at the same time, it was exciting. I actually looked at it as, um, a challenge because it's like, okay, so what's a different way I can tell this story 
or like, can I add other characters or bring, you know, other things in here, other beats that make this exciting. And so that's how I learned. So, um, you know, I never went to film school or did anything like that. So the, the way that I learned how to write was through this sort of trial and error process, like through working experience. with the through experience, through writing, right? Yeah. Like I learned through actually, yeah. actually writing. Um, and then also by like watching lots of movies and television and um, reading the script of that episode or of that movie simultaneously and sort of breaking it down and realizing like intentionally why they put certain scenes where they did or why they use specific dialogue. So you just learn a lot. So I, I taught myself. Interesting. Um, completely. so I but again it was really fun for me so none of this felt like work it felt like playtime um which was awesome but so basically I um I wrote that first script and I think I rewrote it about 12 times (laughs) with this (laughs) which is now like now I'm learning is not that uncommon but um but at the time it felt like a lot you know it was like oh wow this is really a labor of love um and so so eventually then I got it to a a point where, you know, my consultant was happy with it. I was happy with it. And then I started again, I had like zero connections in this industry, mm-hmm. nothing. Um, so Which I started, I love, yeah, like none. I love that I mean, you had zero, none. Um, <laughs> nothing. So as you're, uh, I just want to enter, like, will you, did, were you doing any like, um, deliberate creation work at this time? Were you like, it doesn't matter that I don't have connections. Like, yeah. Tell us what happened. But also if you like, is there, was there a place where you started or had you just decided like, this is going to work out. It doesn't matter if I have connections. Well, I think I didn't even have any, I, I didn't have any attachment to what the outcome mm-hmm. was. Right. I mean, yeah. it doesn't, doesn't mean that I, I didn't want to like sell the script or for it to spurn something else. But I, again, I have a very successful business. I have a life, you know, a life beyond that. And so this was something that had just cropped up and I I was kind of like, well, I mean, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. (laughs) Um, and so at first the way that I went about it was, um, and, and again, I'm, I'm a pretty natural connector. I, it's how I've built my business. I mean, I'm, I'm good with building relationships and not pushing and asking for things. You know, I'm just more about like making genuine connections. So the way that I did it was, um, I literally reached out to every single person I knew. And again, I knew no one in the industry. So it wasn't like I could just contact somebody. I just reached out to everybody else that I knew. (laughs) And I basically said, Hey, I have found this sort of passion for screenwriting. I've, I've written a, a script I'm excited about, and I'm just looking to connect with people in the industry. I don't want to ask them for anything. I don't want to ask them to read my script. I'm, you know, never going to like pull a favor. I just, literally want to meet people because I'm trying to immerse myself and learn. And I want to know the industry. And I know that's really important, you know, before you enter something. So through that, I was connected to some of the most amazing people like producers and showrunners and writers. And it's just amazing how you don't know who other people know. Right. (laughs) And especially because I went into it, not, it wasn't like, Hey, I have the script. I want somebody to read it. I mean, that's not how you connect. Um, because they knew me and they knew I would never do that. Um, everyone was very open to connecting me. So what started happening was I was living in the Bay area, which is like San Francisco area. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just coming down to LA once a month for about a week and I would just have coffee dates, take everybody out for coffee individually, meet people. Everyone was so generous with their information. Um, lots of people were offered. I mean, I never asked at all, but lots of people said, Hey, I'd love to take a look at your script. Like after we'd have coffee, I mean, so many generous, generous people. So that's how I started, um, was just kind of making connections. And then again, and then simultaneously I was continuing to work on my writing and I actually got into my second script which is really what opened the doors for me. The first script that I wrote, while I actually still love it, is like totally unsellable, I've realized now. Because <laughs> it's like 75 different genres. And I mean, unless I'm like Shonda Rhimes, like I'm probably never going to sell it, right? And that's okay, because that's how I learned to write. But the second script that I wrote um, is really more based on a personal experience of mine. And it's a really interesting angle. And it's something that we haven't seen yet on television. And so that actually actually was my, ended up being more of my calling card. So while I was building those connections, I was writing and I ended up hitting on something, um, that now has, I've, I've recently sold it. Um, but it also got me my manager and it got me tons of meetings, like hundreds of meetings. I've met with every major network here in town and and every, so it's been crazy. Um, But essentially, you know, all of that pre-work when I was living in the Bay Area, it just turned into something where I was getting such good feedback and ending up like getting meetings and things like that. And um, I just started to realize that everything was coming together, which I guess is, again, maybe some of the law of attraction, like you guys talk about. Oh, this is um, all law of attraction. (laughs) (laughs) So, So I'm assuming that, yeah, that definitely aligns with this. And so eventually it just became something that was getting serious. And uh, my husband and I just decided that, you know, hey, we should just make the move to LA because it was getting really hard for me to be away all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, It was also getting really hard with the meeting requests because a lot of times they come up last minute and then you're hopping on a flight or you're trying to drive to LA for six hours, you know, really quickly to get here, (laughs) um, which doesn't always pan out. And so, um, it just was getting a little crazy. So we decided to move because, um, you know, we thought, Hey, there could be a real chance here for something to work out. And if it doesn't, it doesn't, but it's like, why not? Like, why not take the chance? Um, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't a massive move either. I mean, listen, we live six hours away, so it's not that bad. Um, but yeah, we actually really love it down here though. Oh, I have so many questions. <laughs> so the one that the last one that kind of came up was when you made that decision of like, okay, well let's give it a chance. And this could be something. What is it that you thought it could be? Because it, it was always just following a passion right up until now, then something changes. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a couple of different paths you can go on here. Um, and when I said it could be something, mm-hmm. uh, I was thinking more of the TV path, which, which frankly I'm changing now, <laughs> which is funny. <laughs> um, but, but it's, well, I mean, I'm sort of changing it and I'll explain. So, so the thing with being a screenwriter is, I mean, I believe it's best to live here in LA, although there are people that live outside of LA and can have successful careers. But if you want a career in television, you really have to live here. And the reason is because all the writer's rooms are here. So you can't like physically get away with it. Like there's no other place to like sit in the writer's room. Like you can't Skype in, (laughs) you have to be here. (laughs) So, so my, that was like, 
where I thought I was going to go. And I got to be honest, I don't even know why. Somebody asked me that recently. Like, why did you decide TV? I'm like, I don't know. And now I'm like rethinking it all (laughs) because I don't really know why. Um, But, you know, I think I'm open to, to features and television. But for some reason, when I first moved here, I think I was just in this bubble of TV. I think it's because most of the people I met with worked in TV. And there's also a very, like pervasive belief here that um, television is kind of the hot thing right now. And also it's like, and everyone craves, like they all want to work in television. I've now learned that I think the reason why is because it's a bit more of a steady career for some people. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're on television, you probably will have numerous seasons and that's a steady paycheck. Um, being entrepreneurs, as you ladies know, we don't think that way. So, so <laughs> right. now I'm, I'm, thinking. I'm like, oh, I'm like this. I'm like, no, you know, no, no, no. That doesn't fit my dreams. <laughs> you know, forget it. Um, so it's so, but it's funny. I just I didn't know that. You have to kind of be here and learn that. Um, but yeah, so so that was kind of part of the move. Was I thought that I would do TV, but then when I got here. I got my first gig with Lifetime, which is the movie that just premiered. Um, I sold a TV pilot. Um, I don't think I can say yet who, because we're still, my lawyer is still drafting all of that, so I'm not 100% sure. But let's just put it this way. I, I sold a TV pilot. Um, I will have all creative direction of that show, and, and so that I will need to physically be here for writing and production and everything. Should it go to production, hopefully it will. Um, but now I'm working on a feature that I'm hoping to sell. So it's, it's funny. I, the more that I get into it, I do love TV, but I also am very excited by the closed loop of a feature. So, you know, TV shows have to have this like ongoing story engine, right. That can last for hundreds of episodes where, um, a feature is just a closed loop, right? It's like usually an hour and a half or two hours and then you're done. There's something very attractive to that uh, with that for me. I enjoy that. Um, and so I don't know, I'm, I'm open to both, but I think the direction of my career is a bit all over the place right now and that's okay. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I don't know that I'll really focus in one area Um, whereas there are lots and lots of writers here that they have one path that they're interested in, and that's just to staff on someone else's TV show, so write for someone else's television show. Um, I'm not opposed to that. I don't think it's bad. It's just not, like, my big dream, I would say. It's actually not even, like, even tinkering on my dream right now. I'm like, (laughs) you know, it's like fine. I mean, sure. If I got an opportunity to work for Shonda, would I do it? Um, yes. But, you know, but I'm so not, that's not like the path that I'm going on. It's a very specific and different path. And there are different things you need and different representation you need and things like that to do that. Whereas my path, I would say is maybe slightly more entrepreneurial. It's definitely more risky. Um, but I like the risk because I don't need this to be my career. I don't need it for money, right? Um, that stuff is great, but it definitely isn't why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because I enjoy it. And I'd rather see projects that I care about get made um, and have more creative control over things where I can, you know, cast things with a diverse cast and, you know, and things like that. That means more to me than just to have a steady paycheck. I think that is so that part that you just pointed out is so important to acknowledge because it seems like just as you're talking that the journey through all of this has been 
I'm not saying it's been easy at all, but it's been pretty flexible and flowing and it has an element of ease to it, like that it's all just unfolding and falling into place. And I think one of the biggest, am I right when I say that? Yes. I mean, there's definitely an ease to it. And, and, you know, I think that the ease just to set this up for like any screenwriters that might (laughs) think, because they're probably going to be like this chick is nuts. Um, it certainly isn't very, you know, it, it, it's not, it's not something you'll ever hear from writers, right? You usually never hear the word ease. Yeah. I think the word ease, uh, relates to me simply because I'm not relying on screenwriting as a paycheck. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's a big difference when you need a job to eat and, you know, and a big difference between just wanting to do something for the creative output of it. Right. And not absolutely. I thought that's like highlighting that though. That is your intention that you're taking into it. And that is something Cassie and I talk about so much is what are you carrying into this? It's like, what's your, what is your focus throughout this? And when it is one of like doing it for fun versus like, I have to make money. I have to survive off this. It allows things to unfold so much easier. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. I love it. And I think that's what, like, that's probably what, you know, it was interesting. Like at the beginning you were like, well, it took me three years. It takes a lot of people, 10 years, 15 years. And I think (laughs) that's part of the key as to why it's like very, like, um, a quick path for you because of that ease, because you've mastered that ease, because you get to make choices based on what you want, not based on like, well, I want just, I just want to get a writing gig. So I have a paycheck. Mm -hmm. absolutely and it's also I think definitely there's a mindset piece to it as well um so much like any I mean much like being an entrepreneur there's a lot of messages out there that are very negative so it's like you always hear this if you can do anything else but screenwriting do it you know like you always hear those (laughs) kinds of messages or it's like it's so hard to break in or and then there are people that are high up in this industry that um also like keep that belief going. So I've been to so many like panels and workshops and things that I don't go to them anymore because I just feel like they're not like energetically where I want to be. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting because you just hear all this message of, of everyone will tell you, if you want to be a working screenwriter, you need to first work as a production assistant. And your biggest job is to make sure that all the cold sodas are pulled to the front of the refrigerator. Oh and I'm like, and you're just sitting there listening. And, and in my mind, I'm going, this is very wrong. Like if you want to be a screenwriter work and you, and you literally don't have another job or something, right. It's like you don't have a business, like go work at Starbucks and then spend the rest of your time like writing. Yes. I mean, that makes more sense to me, right? Right. <laughs> like, or, I mean, I'm just like, why? And then I just realized that that, that seems to be the path that everyone took years ago. And I think what's happened is now the people that are like 20, 25 years in, they've gone that path and they don't want new people to go a different path, right? They want you to suffer like they did. <laughs> so there's a lot of that, a lot of that happening. Um, and so it's weird for them when, you know, nowadays it's so different because we have all of these digital networks cropping up. We have, you know, everything has changed. It's not about like network television anymore, right? We have Amazon, Hulu, Netflix. And, in, and I mean, some would argue that they're producing better content than network now. So things are so different. Um, and I think they're a little bit more entrepreneurial based, right? Where people are yeah. like, 
making their own web series and short films and then getting buzz for that and then getting their career as opposed to like working as a production assistant for three or four years, moving sodas around. Right. And then like maybe hopefully getting promoted, (laughs) you know, at some point, um, it's just such a different path now. And there's, I think there's many paths to get in. And so it is interesting. I think it's like, you have to, it's, it's a lot of mindset too. I think people get stuck because they're listening to those people who want to hold them back, you know, as opposed to say, like looking at the people, like let's say Alina Dunham who created girls, you know, who just made her own journey. She made her own film. She submitted it. She funded it. She submitted it to festivals. She got buzz. She got a meeting with HBO. She sold a show. Right. So, I mean, not that that's going to happen for everyone, but again, like she made her own future. She didn't say, Oh, it's going to be so hard. Oh, I have to work as a production assistant. Like, no, Mm -hmm. Uh, like I love all the words coming out of your mouth. Yes. (laughs) She made her own future, right? Like, I think that's so key in anything in really to like, I think that takes, I don't know, courage or a decision. You can comment on this, but like courage or a decision to be okay. Like having that different path and creating your own path and forging the way. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think you, you hit it on the head where you said like the courage to follow or to go that different path. Um, because that path is definitely not celebrated by peers. Right. So, so that's something that you have to just be okay with. I was actually was just having a conversation with a friend about this this morning. Um, because, there were, there's like a lot of accolades that are sprinkled out for people that go the more traditional paths. But Mm -hmm. if you do your own thing, lots of people will not celebrate. I mean, of course you ladies are so wonderful and you clinked your champagne glasses for me, (laughs) but I would, I will tell you that if I were to be on a podcast that was for screenwriters, I, well, first of all, I don't even think they would have me on the podcast, but if they did, they certainly wouldn't be clinking champagne for me. (laughs) They would say, they would say, oh, well, good for you. You know, you did something and you hopefully you'll turn it into something else. You know, whereas for me, it's a, you know, I had a huge, um, you know, win. I mean, like I'm celebrating, I'm excited. And I think that's, you know, an important thing to probably not just for screenwriting. I think that happens in lots of industries where you just can't care what your peers think. Like shut up peers. (laughs) It's like, heck yes. (laughs) And, and, you know, care what you think and the people that you want to serve think, you know, and like, who cares if you're, competition or one of your peers thinks that what you're doing is stupid like oh well bye <laughs> you know and just do, your own, do your own thing and um that's been at least I really found that in screenwriting and I see it a lot in um, the entrepreneur world too I see it like among coaches and I see it among online business owners and everyone gets so caught up with you know if their peers think they're cool or if their peers are giving them accolades and it's just like at the end of the day really who cares you don't need their approval you only need your own approval oh my gosh Um, Cassie and I are so like exactly the same that's like so much of what we teach and and what we do (laughs) yeah awesome Yeah. I love having this example. Like, and I'm Mm -hmm. so glad like a, you're like connected to our world and B, like you're out in the world, like showing that that is possible in all areas. Right. Because it is true. Like you will find those entrepreneurs that want to know, like, 
what someone else thinks. And like at the end of the day, like when you are the only one who cares what you think, you sell movies and screenplays and you get TV shows. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> like that's, that's what matters. Exactly. So Melissa, was there ever a time that you did kind of get caught up in this, um, doing what you think you should do versus what everyone, or sorry, what everyone's telling you to do. And then kind of like what your intuition is telling you to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, maybe not so much caught up in it in that I went the wrong path, but, um, I would say like mentally I had to check myself right? because about when I first, particularly when I first moved here, I moved here alone. My husband, I didn't have a place for us yet. So I kind of like moved here and like bumped around Airbnbs by myself. And then my husband was, he was working anyway on the road. So, um, so there was like a couple months where I was by myself. <laughs> I think that kind of got into my head too. <laughs> In a new city, I did have one friend here. Fortunately, she helped keep me sane. Um, but I definitely at that time was um, working and kind of hang- spending time with some people, not that they were bad people, but they were very much in that traditional mindset of like, there's one path, this is how you go. Um, and I got a little swept up in that. And, um, and I would say, you know, it didn't derail anything that I was doing, but I definitely would get frustrated because I would go in and kind of talk about, you know, we, we all were in like a writer's group of sorts and I would talk about what I was doing and it was so radically different from everyone else. And they were just like, what? No, that can't work. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. And it was like so very negative. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't even, I guess, realize at first how negative it was. I knew I didn't feel good every time I would leave there. But I didn't, like, actually know enough to know that um, what they were doing or what they were saying was, like, just something that I didn't need to take in. You know, it just, it isn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's for them and for their path, but it just isn't for my path. So eventually I realized, I'm like, okay, and that's where that whole thing had to come in where, guess what? It doesn't matter what this group of people thinks you know, even if it's a big group of people, it's like, it just matters what I want to do. And then that's what I did. I went out on my own and I actually think I probably needed that to happen because literally right after I left that group, I wrote another, um, TV pilot on spec and then showed it to a few of my, um, industry contacts that I had made. And then one passed it along to a manager who then signed me. (laughs) So it was like, (laughs) that happened really quick. Um, I mean, it quickly in the realm of like when I wrote the pilot and like got it sent, like as far as that happened again, all that happened because I had pre set up relationships and things and obviously, you know, worked really hard on my writing. Um, but I don't even think that I would have written that pilot had I not had that sort of bad experience and kind of people giving me notes that didn't like fit with what I was. And, um, so yeah, it was, it was, that was really interesting. And another thing I realized is, um, Again, you have to be like careful who you listen to and what advice you take in because it's very common with write, with writers that they are in groups. So like they, they just call them writers mm-hmm. groups. And it's basically like a feedback group where everyone reads each other's projects and gives feedback. Um, mm-hmm. I think in the entrepreneur world, in the coaching world, lots of times you get lots of unsolicited advice. Oh right? my or gosh, like Kathy Facebook. was just talking <laughs> <Yes>. about that. <laughs> like in Facebook groups. I mean, and you'll see it in like Facebook groups a lot where people yes. will be like, hey, I have this tagline for my business. Like, what do you guys think? And then everyone weaves <laughs> in. So yes. it's kind of, 
same thing, right? And in screenwriting, it's just called writer's group. So it, but it has the same effect where, and so I had written this like really personal, um, part, like the scene in my script. And it was actually based on something that was very personal to me on, um, an abusive relationship. And someone in the group was like, this isn't real. I don't buy it. And I remember just feeling like so hurt because I'm like, it is real. It's my experience. Like, (laughs) you you know, and then I, then, but I mean, I, I didn't get mad at that woman because it wasn't her experience. And instead of giving proper feedback, which, you know, would not be personal. Like the proper feedback might be something like, Hey, like the way you wrote this particular thing didn't land with me. Maybe we can rephrase it or maybe we can add this like piece of dialogue or like an action that makes it come alive more. Like that would be good feedback. Right. Not Mm -hmm. saying like this, I don't buy this. Like, (laughs) like this would never happen, (laughs) you know? Um, and so I had to really look at that and say, Oh my God, like I cannot take in this advice anymore because it's terrible advice. (laughs) It's just bad. It's bad advice. And so, um, so that was definitely another, you know, point of time where I'm like, oh my God. And, and all these lessons, by the way, I knew already as an entrepreneur, but somehow did not translate them as a screenwriter and then had to sit back and laugh at myself and be like, oh my gosh, like what a dummy. I should. <laughs> like, I, like, of course this is going to happen no matter what industry you're in. You're like, of course it's going to happen. So, um, so yeah, that was, I think those were like my real things is just like tuning out those, the, that outside noise and really paying attention to like who you're taking advice from. And usually it's the less, the better, you know, have a couple trusted advisors, but ultimately, you know, do not ask everyone for their opinion. Stop over polling. Oh my gosh. I love that advice. (laughs) We're both going to say the exact same thing. I'm like, yes, please stop. I love the term like over polling, like, cause that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It doesn't get you anywhere. Nope. It's <laughs> yeah. And I mean, again, like I said, I wrote, I literally wrote an article on over polling like three years ago and I didn't take my own advice. <laughs> I just, you know, like talk about practicing what you preach. I just ignored myself. <laughs> so that's, you know, it happens. That's so funny. Definitely. It's so good. I, but that's, I mean, that I always say that, like, we can't, often we can't see our own forest for our trees. And so, <laughs> you know, I love that. And I, you know, I think it probably took you less time to learn the lesson than it did the first time. That's what I always say when that happens to me. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> to make yourself feel oh, better, yeah. right, Cass? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I think yeah. that, I think that's so great just because it's our intuition. Like, we're going to get the greatest guidance from who like in our inner being, cause it's all of our paths are so different and so right, but nobody else is going to be able to identify or know your path as much or as well as you do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And I love that. You, I, I've said it already. I've said it again. Like, I love that you're an example of that. Like you're out there, like being that in the world, not just as an entrepreneur, but as a screenwriter, like you, you can do it. Like, cause I think, um, people can use all the proof that they can get that you can trust your own guidance mm-hmm. and you can shut down the polls and you can, you can do it your way. You don't have to do it. The move, the sodas around way. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so true. So and that that path is shorter. Like that, that path is like way shorter than, you know, 
than Oops, than soda. trying to follow someone else's. Yeah, moving yes. sodas around, for, <laughs> yes. you know, until you until you've done your dues, you know. <laughs> yes, paid your dues. Paid your dues. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, Melissa. So we're just about out of time here. So as we wrap up, is there any, Cass, do you want to start with any final thoughts or anything for our listeners? I just wondered if Melissa would like highlight maybe the top three, like this is how I did it. Like these were the keys to getting here so fast and, and really like living this. I love this. Um, because you're getting to live this whole new experience that you didn't necessarily see coming, but seems super fun and super passionate and very inspired. Not to put you on the spot. (laughs) No, that's fine. Um, I mean, I'll probably just be kind of reiterating to what we talked about. I mean, the first thing I would say is not being attached to an outcome, I think is really key. Um, you know, everybody's, I think it's good to have goals for sure, but it's like those very specific, specific goals sometimes can be our downfall. So if I was to say, you know, I only want to sell a show to HBO, right. And that was it, um, that I'm going to be disappointed if I sell that show to Amazon, or I'm going to be disappointed if I end up like working on a feature assignment and the show didn't pan out. So I would say definitely releasing the expectations around the outcomes Um, and then for sure, not listening to other people, (laughs) (laughs) being careful who you take advice from. That's huge. And I won't say anything more on that because I feel like we beat that one. (laughs) And then the third one is, um, I actually had a showrunner mentor. I was so lucky to meet him early on in the process who told me to, not pay attention to anything else. Like don't read like books on like how to be a screenwriter. Like he's like, ignore all that. And he said, just focus on being a good writer because good work always gets found. And that is like my favorite quote to this day. And I think it applies for everything. Yes. Is that if you just do amazing work and, and focus more on the work than like the marketing of the work, mm-hmm. then that work will get found, right? Like people yeah. will love it. They will talk about it everywhere. Um, it, again, as a screenwriter, it's like, I think he used the analogy of like, no one, like there's no one in this industry that doesn't want to read a good script. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, everyone talks about it. Like yeah. it's so hard to get your scripts read, but the, but the bottom line is no one wants to ignore a good script. I mean, they're looking for that. So it's like actually a disservice to keep your, your work away, right? Like if you have something that's legitimately good. So that's your goal is just to write something like so phenomenal and obsession worthy that everyone wants to read it. And that is what happened to me with my second pilot, the one that I just sold. Um, it was that, and that's, and that's exactly what it needed to be. Right. And I had no problem getting everyone to read it and want to meet with me because it was so damn good. Right. And so that's, that's what the aim is, is like to make that piece of work or, you know, product, uh, coaching session class, whatever it is that you have, like so damn good that no one can ignore it. I love it. I know. I love it too. Um, so Jenny, do you want to like pull our, our favorite highlights? Just like what we saw from hearing Melissa's story that I think is that we think is like the most important. Okay. Yes. But I just want to say one more thing that is all what you just said. Your point number three was about, um, 
it's all about what Cassie and I teach. Like you just be it. You don't worry about trying to control the externals. You just put like you, you, um, put that energy that you want to get more of. And then like you attract the things that are meant to come into your life. It's awesome. Um, yeah. So the highlights, I would say the same thing as Melissa stated in number one is that releasing of the outcome. So huge. You guys know Mm -hmm. that already detaching from the outcome. Um, and then the, the really big key that I think, uh, I really want our listeners to take away from this is the idea of the path be like that path of ease and, and it being follow that inspiration and, and allow that to guide you. And while you maintain the release of the outcome and this stuff, like all these energies and these places can be practiced and can be like, you can be deliberate about being easy and, and staying in that place of fun. Yeah. It was really awesome to speak with you and, and hear about your story, Melissa. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Yeah. So good. I'm so glad we could, um, we could do it. It was just like perfect. We were actually, they're like talking about TV this month. This and always happens with our guests. <laughs> I know it was so great. Like, cause we don't have a lot of guests on, it's usually just us, but we've started to invite guests on our topic and, and we had just started this, you know, about how TV can, you know, empower you with your emotions and all these different things. And then you're like, Hey, I'm a screenwriter now, like <laughs> popped up <laughs> like, or, or, you know, the movie you've, you've been a screenwriter for a while, but you know, you, the name on the screen is, is there, you know? So, um, yeah, it's just really cool how even this whole thing came together with inspiration. And I had no idea, like, um, I love that we got to toast, like toast you because I didn't know that wasn't a thing a that thing. would happen other places. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <thanks. laughs> yeah. That made it even more, more special. And I'm, and I just like, thank you for sharing. Cause I think, you know, just what you said in your three points and what Jenny said, like, it's that all along your story, it was like that unattachment to like figuring it out and just really stepping into the being, um, of being a screenwriter that I love about your story. Thank you. Yeah. So Melissa, where can our listeners find and connect with you online? They can just go to my website. It's melissacassara.com super easy. And I have tons of fun resources on there for entrepreneurs and coaches, um, but also lots of little behind the scenes backstage tidbits on my life as a screenwriter, which people seem to find is fun. (laughs) Lots of lessons learned. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you. We will catch all you guys next week. Go be awesome. Thank you for joining us on the Manifest It Now show, where you learn how to leverage the law of attraction to manifest your dreams. Now that you're inspired, share the love and review us on iTunes. While you're there, remember to subscribe.